The table is set. The house smells of pumpkin pie. The counters have no space left. The front door is constantly being opened, and the dog won't stop barking. And at every available turn, someone is underfoot, leaving you weaving in between people as you try to ready the food and welcome the guest and get everything just right. And it's exhausting. Please tell me that I am not the only one who has experienced a Thanksgiving like this. Yeah, I'm seeing some head nods. If you're not nodding your head, look to the person who is on your row and say, thank you. This singular brisk day of manic cooking, getting settled, eating and cleaning, seems to be the tipping point for the looming marathon to the end of the year. We mark Thanksgiving as the real start to the hurried holiday season, while in our minds we bookmark that the end is coming. And like the rabbit in Alice in Wonderland, we begin running, always conscious that time is ticking. So much to do and so little time, so very much to do and so very little time, so very, very, very much to do and so very, very, very little time. But what if I told you that you've already reached the end of the year? Would knowing that the end of the year had come and gone catch you by surprise? Would a pending chaotic December be less a burden and maybe just more a burst of energy? Would knowing that Thanksgiving concludes your year cause you to pause, set down the ever-ticking clock, and just breathe before diving down the next rabbit hole? Well, friends, today is that pause. Today is that deep breath. Today is the end of the liturgical church calendar, the day in which we celebrate the reign of Christ. It's a time for us to pause before the Advent season and before we so frantically start waiting for the Christ child's arrival. A time for us to reflect upon the reign of the resurrected Christ, one whose life and ministry on earth are the heartbeat of God's reign in our world. Friends, Today is a day we get to be still and intentionally be looking for the glories and mercies of Christ all around and to remember whose beloved we are. Today we celebrate. Today we cry out in joy. Today we gather in inspiration. Praise be to the Christ who reigns and cheers to the Christ who reigns in our hearts. The table is set. The plates are full. The family is gathered. The TV is muted. The blessing is complete. And now all that's left to do is to just enjoy. But wait, something is not right. Ah, something is not right. The arrangement is all wrong. Everyone on your feet, get up, get up. You need to move. You here, you here, you, you move over here. Okay, now you can sit down. Sit down, sit down. I think that's better. Now we're ready? Yeah, I think we're ready. But what are we ready for? Are we ready for judgment? Are we ready for mercy? 
The truth is, in Matthew 25, the goats and the sheep are being separated and rearranged, and the table of judgment weighs heavy. It's not merely the shame of being called out, labeled, chided, or condemned. No, it is the realization of who sits alongside you at the table. The revelation that we are indeed just as bad or just as good as so-and-so. And it's the moment when we gain sight of our true selves. One not falsely construed by the lies we tell and one not hidden by overwhelming amounts of humility. No, we get to see ourselves, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Or as my professor in seminary preferred to say, you get to see the all right, the making it, and maybe the just not quite there yet. You see, judgment is tricky. We tend to read passages about judgment as the final straw in declaring what kind of human we are. We hold our breath, anticipating that whether we will be, you know, seated among the right with the sheep or among the left with the goats. Yet the Gospel of Matthew rarely speaks of judgment this way. No, throughout Matthew's entire Gospel, the good news, if you will, is a constant declaration of who we already are. We already are the salt of the earth, and we already are the light of the world. We already are God's beloved children. We already are all of these things. Yet, the table is still split, and we find ourselves sitting amongst those we prefer not to associate with. So tell me, how can it be that we already are the salt of the earth and the light of the world, and yet we are still seated among the goats? Well, perhaps it is that we have failed to fully live into who we already are. The table is set. The new turkey recipe is perfect, laughter is swirling, bowls are passing, tumbles are, tummies are grumbling, and for just a moment you glimpse the ideal. It's fleeting, but it's there. The picture of perfection, of wholeness, of rightness. On Reign of Christ Sunday, we breach the difficult topic of judgment to remember who God is one brimming with mercy. We pause to look ourselves squarely in the face, and though we be found among the goats, we give thanks that God's mercy was embodied in the life and ministry of Jesus living amongst the all right, the making it, and the not quite there yet. But the truth is, if judgment is tricky, Mercy is way trickier. Mercy is undeserved, and it's weighty. Acts of mercy wake you up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat. They eat at you. They gnaw at you. They leave your stomach turning and your mind spinning. While grace probes us with kindness, mercy has the ability 
to probe us with subconscious guilt, which can hopefully leave us hustling to do better and hurrying to make things right. Mercy doesn't wash the slate clean. No, mercy demands allegiance to the work of rectification and reconciliation, which by extension is the essence of who Christ is. The table is set. The meal is divine. The conversation doesn't waver. The fun doesn't cease. But you know that soon the dishes will need to be washed. And soon the leftovers will need to be stored. The end is coming. So savor it all. Look around. Take in every single detail. Be present. Take a deep breath. And then take another one. Because judgment is looming. And mercy is falling. And rectification and reconciliation, well, they are stirring. You see, the difference between the sheep and the goats in Matthew 25 is not that one was bad and the other was good. The difference between them is that the sheep allowed the gift of mercy to make them fully aware of the world around them. The sheep allowed the act of mercy to weigh on them, to gnaw at them, to make them be still in the middle of the hustle and the bustle, to stop the hands of the clock and just pause before jumping down another rabbit hole. Mercy gave them the space to remember who they were created to be, to remember who God is, and to remember that they are called to be faithful to the work of caring for the unnoticed. Friends, the table is set. And perhaps before we jump into the busyness of the Advent season, we might need to take a moment to pause and ask ourselves, who is the table set for? On this reign of Christ Sunday, we exclaim, praise be to the Christ who reigns, who makes a habit of pulling us from our depths and who is not afraid to take on flesh and bear the weight of humanity's judgment that we might be shown mercy. Mercy that draws us back to God and mercy that pushes us forward. The end of the meal has come. And the end of the church year has arrived, and we give thanks for the reign of Christ breaking in and unexpectedly piercing holes in our assumptions about God, about humanity, and about the world. And we give thanks for the reign of Christ concluding our year so that we might look towards the Advent season with newfound energy as we await the arrival of the Christ child. And we give thanks for the reign of Christ being ever-present among the thirsty, the needy, the oppressed, the hungry, the naked, the lonely, 
the ridiculed, the overlooked, the sick, the imprisoned, the fringes. We give thanks. O Christ who reigns, give us eyes to see. For your table is set for these. Amen. Friends, our table is set. And there is no seating arrangement today. Today, the table welcomes both the sheep and the goats. Today, the table welcomes everyone who needs a reminder of Christ's love for humanity. Today, the table welcomes anyone who might be feeling the weight of Christ's gift of mercy. And the table, well, it welcomes anyone who feels left out, pushed aside, and overlooked. And it also welcomes anyone who just needs a space to come and breathe. This table welcomes everyone because it's a table set for those who already are. And we already are the salt of the earth and the light of the world, and we, every single one of us, already are God's beloved children. We gather here to remember the night that Jesus was betrayed. Jesus gathered with his friends, seated around a table, and he took bread, common and ordinary, and he broke it, and he said, this is my body broken for you. Take this, eat, and do this in remembrance of me. And after a while, when supper ended, he took the cup, and he poured it, and he said, this is my new covenant. My blood poured out for the forgiveness of many. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Oh God, we give thanks for the many gifts you give. We give thanks for the table of God that is wide and vast. And we give thanks for the table of God being one that welcomes the all right, the making it, and the perhaps just not quite there yet. We give thanks for the table brimming with love and mercy, ever holding our feet to the path of caring for your beloved humanity. For this work, we give thanks. Amen. <clears throat>